Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Job Board Geek, the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor. I am your host. And here with me today, I have my friend and co-host, Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. Hey, Stephen, how are things? Good. You, you didn't call me like the erudite or the irresistible or the irresponsible or, or something like that this week. It's a, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> if I'm in the right place. Well, I, uh, you know, honestly, I did find some words and I thought about using them and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to throw him off his, off his normal pace. I'm just not going to use them. I'll save him for some time when he's not expecting it. That and the fact that you wanted to keep the G rating. That's right. That's right. So folks, today we're going to do something a little bit different. I don't know why, but we are. We are not going to have a guest on the show, but instead, Stephen and I are going to be asking each other questions about ourselves, our backgrounds, our businesses, and various and sundry things that we've each picked up about each other, just so that you can get to know us a little bit better and hopefully have a chuckle or recoil in horror, depending on what your attitude is about our response. So Stephen, I'm going to start out with my question first. On everything I've ever seen that you put out about yourself on LinkedIn, on College Recruiter, et cetera, et cetera, you refer to yourself as a visionary for a college recruiter. So my question is, do visionaries ever need glasses? Visionaries uh, need glasses. Um, and I also frequently need a white cane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the visionary comes from, we, we manage our company using what's called the Entrepreneur's Operating System, EOS. Basically, the, the, the visionary in the company is the one who sort of sets the direction, creates the mess, um, as uh, our employees might call it, and then they get to clean it up. In a large organization, the closest equivalent would be like a chairman. Um, they're not tasked with doing anything really on a day-to-day -day basis, but they, they do more of that visionary. They've got their heads up. They're looking at the industry. They're trying to see where the industry, where their competitors are going, and then communicating to the employees, vendors, customers, et cetera, of, of their company where, where their business needs to go. And so a lot of my role is to sort of look around corners and to try to see what's coming. For example, we're investing heavily on what we call international postings, um, postings outside of the US. And we're signing up a lot of customers that are sending us job feeds or we're sending them job feeds. And I'm getting into all the fun stuff of what if a job is in the UK, but the customer is paying us in US dollars and the CPC is in pounds sterling. Um, how do we handle that? What if the job's in Australia and it's Australian dollars and the CPCs in Australian dollars, but maybe we don't have much traffic in Australia. So I'm trying to kind of get us ready for like next year um, a lot of times. And every once in a while, Jeff, I think I, I th every once in a while, I think I made the right decisions. You, you've done consulting work for us. You've helped us uh, dig ourselves out of some holes. Uh, and and I, mm -hmm. I would, am I fair? It, would it be fair to say that I create a lot of those holes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that you, that you, yeah, I, I'm not going to answer that he question. Wants, I'm he wants more that. consulting business. Okay, so I've got a question for you. Yeah, yeah. You call yourself the job board doctor. 
Is that because you look smashing in a white lab coat or because you aspire to interact with your clients like the dentist did in Little Shop of Horrors? Um, Well, I don't look good in a white coat. And I can tell you that because I have actually dressed up as a doctor because I'm a doctor's son, actually. My dad was a real doctor. Thank God he died before job board doctor came along (laughs) because... Um, he would have been horrified with what I'm doing. But uh, I probably the second analogy of, of the little shop of horrors is more accurate. I think several of my clients would say, yes, it felt like you were doing bad things to me when we were working together, except it's like the kind of bad thing that turns into a good thing. I like to think, uh, you know, most of my clients come back. Honestly, that's where most of my business comes from is clients that have hired me and then they keep hiring me. Yeah, you know, I remember... I came up with the idea for the consulting business long before I came up with the name. And the name was actually spurred by a conversation with someone who will remain nameless uh, because he probably doesn't want anyone to know that I talked to him or vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was saying, you know, this is my idea. I'm going to be working with job boards. You know, I like to, I like get in and get my hands dirty and help people and a very wide background in all sorts of things. And he said, he looked at me and he said, yep. You know, there's a lot of sick puppies out there that need help. You know, they need a doctor. And I'm like, ah, job board doctor. And uh, in in fact, <laughs> I will never forget um, probably the second or third year I was going to the conferences and I walk into a room and this guy came up and he said, it's the doctor, it's the doctor and started yelling at the top of his lungs. <laughs> So um, it's it's a, it's an ident- it's an identifiable name. Let's put it that way. So so job board veterinarian just didn't roll off the tongue as, as well. If it was sick puppies, mm, yeah, not really. No, no, no. Oh. And uh, and also, you know, I didn't want people to think I was herding cats, which probably is more sort of a visionary thing than a, than a doctor thing. So Steven, uh, this is definitely outside of my scope of expertise because I'm not really a sports guy. I listen to Chad and cheese and I just blip past all of their talk about sports, but what is the relationship, if any, between this team called the Blackhawks, I believe, or maybe they're the Hawk Blacks, I'm not sure, and college recruiter or between job boards and hockey? Oh, Okay, this is painful. This is really painful. <laughs> so one of one of my best friends is Andy Hibble, who's one of the owners of Higher Ed Jobs. It's a job board for colleges and universities that are looking to hire staff and faculty. Andy has the misfortune of living in Chicago. I'm sorry, he lives in Chicago. And <laughs> I love, I love Chicago. It's, it's one of those great global cities. It's just alive. But I'm not a huge Chicago sports fan. And at one of the early TA Tech conferences, the trade association um, for the job board industry, it might have even been the IAEWS um, back then. Andy and I had a wager about whether... Um, the NHL team in Minneapolis, where I live, the Minnesota Wild, would beat his favorite team, the Chicago Blackhawks, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm. And anybody who knows anything about hockey is questioning my sanity for entering into any kind of a bet like that, regardless of odds. And the loser needed to wear the jersey of the other team for the entire day at the TA Tech Conference. Oh my. So there are one or two photos of me not so proudly walking around in a Chicago Blackhawks jersey at the conference. The good news is, is that I think I've got a better chance of going to heaven because of wearing that jersey because it's clearly <laughs> penance 
for something awful that I did in my life. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, that makes me want to go back into the uh, way back machine and see if I can come up with those pictures again. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know if you've ever played with that, but it's a lot of fun. For, for, for those of us who were using the internet in the nineties and can remember dial up, we mm-hmm. can also remember that websites had to be very, very small in terms of like yep. file size, right? It's like yep. everything was basically text. You could have a background color, but you had to keep those logos or graphics really, really small. I mean, just a lot of the technology didn't even exist then. I mean, it was before Flash. It was before it, it, people weren't doing movies. I mean, Mark Cuban figured out how to stream videos online and made like billions of dollars and so it was it was a it was a different area anybody who really wants to feel really really bad about themselves just should use the way back machine and go back and see some <laughs> of the stuff they were involved in if if you if you if you're feeling too confident about your abilities just look at the work right. that you that you did 20 years ago uh so i have a question for you okay You've consulted with College Recruiter a number of times over the past decade or so. Projects ranging from helping us to hire and train employees to showing us how to roll out a price increase in a way that brought in a massive amount of revenue within a few weeks. I've heard that you've done similar work for other job boards. Um, would it be fair to say that your desire to work with job boards is penance for a lot of serious sins in either this or a previous lifetime? <laughs> You're really captivated by this idea of penance, aren't you? It, it, it seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like, and, and actually, it's funny that you say that because I've, I have worked with some clients that have a sense of humor that have said, you know, it is kind of funny. You've really helped us, but it, but sometimes it must be really painful for you when you start with a client because all you do is you say, raise your prices, <laughs> add this product, do this. Any any of my clients will tell you that almost the first thing out of my mouth is always, you're, you're not charging enough, charge more. Yeah. And they're like, you know, that must be very hard for you to have to do that over and over again. I'm like, no. One of the things that I do on the side, which I really like, is I, I build furniture for fun. I'm very much a builder. And so to me, it's not really penance or anything. It's more like an extension of that building aspect, you know, where I get to get in there with my client and help them build something that's going to make them more money. And it's going to be something that's better for candidates and better for employers. Because I do feel like the one higher purpose of my business is to make the world better for candidates. Because Mm. there are just, I've been a candidate. I've had to use some of these sites and some of them really suck. And every time I can help a a client make more money and do better jobs for the candidates, that's a win for me. I, I like getting my hands dirty. It's not a penance except every now and then. Uh, and, and I'm not going to say any more on that particular aspect. Um, so, so Stephen, I got a question. Well, before you do, so one, one memory I have, you know, when you're talking about uh, raising prices. Mm-hmm. So we had, man, this is probably going back six, seven, eight years. We had, um, if you might recall, uh, like an unlimited job posting package. And it was like five grand for the year, you know, or something like that. And we were meeting with you and we could see that we had a bit of a cash crunch coming up. And you basically just like in two seconds, it's like, oh, okay, here's what you do. You take that $5,000 annual package and you tell all of your customers, even those who aren't set to renew for 11 months, that you're going to be increasing the price to $7,500. And they've got 30 days to renew. And if they renew early, you'll just tack on to the end of their existing package, the new one. And 
so they get mm-hmm. they would get grandfathered in at five grand. And rather than selling maybe a handful of those a month, I think we sold like forty. Um, <laughs> it was just it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, so it did it definitely did seem that when we raised the price of that package, that our customers valued it more. Yep. And uh, if you if you charge too little or nothing at all, then that's kind of the the value that people put on whatever whatever you're going to charge. So well, cool. So I have third question for you. And for for the people who are enjoying the the uh, intro and what's it called the outro music the beginning the music at the beginning and at the end this probably won't be a huge surprise uh, to them but uh, but you've told me that you grew up in Texas and that you moved around the country a number of times um, mm-hmm. most recently to where you live now in Grinnell Iowa mm-hmm. um, would it be accurate to say that your moves were poorly executed attempts to find culture because you're in a witness protection program <laughs> or. Be- because you realized years before that most people in our industry, that sales, marketing, administrative, and other office work could be done just as well remotely in an office instead of having some tyrant of a boss always looking over your shoulder. <laughs> that's, that's, a, <clears throat> that's a good question. And that, that implies that I had some sort of forethought as I moved around the country <laughs> uh, as, and implies that I knew what I was doing. But in fact, uh, my wife and I used to joke about this. We were very non-traditional movers. You know, most people move because of their career. You know, they get a job somewhere, they move somewhere, or, or at least until the last two, three years. And we never did once. Um, every every single time we moved, it was because we were tired of living where we were or we wanted, I remember saying when we moved to Lawrence, partly it was for my wife's school, but it was partly because Lawrence is very well known and was in that in those days for rock and roll and had an incredible- Lawrence, uh, Can- Lawrence Kansas, Lawrence, right? Lawrence, Kansas, right. College, college town, supposed to be college really town. nice. And it had a, an incredible venue called The Bottleneck, which I believe is still around. And hmm. everyone that was anyone in rock and roll that was up and coming rolled through there. And between that and the university, I said, yeah, let's move there. I had no job. Um, <laughs> and I, I would say that um, in general, all this moving around has also made me much more of an earlier adopter to doing remote work because I've been yeah. doing remote work since the year 2000. I mean, yeah. we're about this, the same on that in terms of how long we've been doing this because I sort of separated for myself the concept of having to go into an office or having to be in a certain place to do work from the work itself. And I think, you know, for me, it's it was a positive thing. It's not for everyone. Someone was saying to me the other day that I've consulted with, and they're saying, you know, my dream exit plan would be to, you know, sell sell my job board and do what you do. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> and if, if you really, if you really like, well, half up, of that sounds good. The other half, maybe not so much. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you like waking up every month and saying, gee, I wonder if I'm going to make any money or not this month, then being a consultant is for you. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation. But so Stephen, I have one last question for you. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, so people may not know this, but Stephen is a lawyer as well. As yeah, I know. I, I, I there's an audio problem. There was a word in there that clearly wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, actually, you can bleep this out if you want. But um, <laughs> has 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 uh, being a lawyer made you a better boss, or has being a boss made you a better lawyer? <laughs> well, I like to say that I'm a fully recovered lawyer. You know me well enough to know that that's just 
nonsense. And any member of my family would say that maybe I'm a little bit recovered, but there's a whole lot of treatment that I'm still needing to undergo. I actually think that I'm a really bad boss in the sense that I, I'm not good at managing people and I really don't like it. <laughs> that is a good combo. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we all kind of have to realize where we're good at, good at things and bad at things. And um, I am very much an activator. I want, you know, if I can think of an idea today, then it should already have been executed um, today. Like, 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 let's move. Let's get this done. I, I look at that as both a positive and negative, And I think other people around me as well, it, it moves us forward. Um, we certainly are not complacent. We embrace change. We're dynamic. But there's also the impatience there. Sometimes it's just hard to for me to remember that if it took me two days or two weeks or two months to kind of formulate an idea or a vision of where we want to go, it's probably going to take a lot longer than that to execute it. Mm -hmm. But I, I just won't have the, the patience. So one of the nice things about the way that we've structured our company is that nobody reports to me. That's really good for me and it's really good for them. When there are legal issues, if there's a, a contract or something like that that's that's pretty routine, that'll come to me and, and I'll read through that. We're in the process of hiring somebody right now who signed an employment agreement with their previous employer. And so I could kind of read through that and feel pretty confident that I understood what that person would be allowed to do not allowed to do what they're required to do, etc. Um, I don't have to send that over to our law firm and pay $400 an hour for that. Also, usually pretty good at realizing that I very quickly get out of my debt. And that if it's something with intellectual property, or some kind of complicated license of software or something, I'll have a look at the agreement to make sure that it's consistent with what I think it should be saying. And then I can send that over to the lawyer and say, hey, you know, hey, here's what here's what we agreed to in a handshake. Here's what I am seeing in this agreement that might cause me some concern. You know, what do you think? And every single time they will see a bunch of things that I just didn't. Um, so what's what's the expression, Jeff? It's like a client that has himself as a lawyer is a, has a, or a lawyer who represents himself as a fool for a client. Right. Anybody who's listening who might have a law degree and is running a business, I, I, I would definitely say that they should have some kind of independent person out there, an attorney, a lawyer, you know, looking over their shoulder, doing contracts, et cetera. It's, I think you get yourself in into harm's way pretty darn quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I said earlier that the most common thing that my clients will say that I tell them is, you know, raise your prices. The second most common thing I tell them is I am not a lawyer. Yeah. Um, because people ask me a lot of questions that get into legal stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a lawyer. You need to talk to your counsel about this. This is, you know, this is out of my skill set. I think it's important for everyone, no matter what your job is, to sort of know where your expertise is and, and, and be willing to let those other experts jump in and help you. So Yeah, and, and for and for people like me, it's 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 actually really easy to know where my expertise ends because it's a it's a pretty short list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I'm going to take the fifth on that one. So, uh, <laughs> well, listen, Stephen, it's uh, it was an interesting conversation. I'm not going to compliment you for being a good guest because that would only continue to fuel your ego. Oh, don't do that. 
Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. But anyway, Stephen, if after listening to all this stuff, people actually want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They definitely need a sanity check. Uh, so <laughs> easiest way, shoot me an email, Stephen at collegerecruiter.com. And uh, my good friend, the doctor, it's been a pleasure. Yes. And likewise, maybe we'll do it again. Who knows? Um, but anyway, that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple, Spotify, whatever you happen to like. We're probably on it. And if you want to leave a review, that'd be even great. Again, this is Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. You've been listening to the only podcast that focuses on the business of connecting candidates and employers. That's it for now. I'll see you again soon. Bye.